Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 290, and I'm joined, as always, by Lucy. I'm here. Hello. Hello. Uh, And, almost always, Adol. Hey. Hey. I say almost always. It was only a short stint through the summer that you had your little uh, holiday back home. Uh, Yep. But here, normally. Hmm. The three of us... Obviously, if you're a listener, know that we get together to talk about video games and share some beers each and every week. If you don't, hi, how you doing? You're new to us. Come and join us and listen to us talk about video games and drinks a bit. Uh, talking of that, why don't we open some beers? Lucy, I will start mm. with you. Uh, yeah. what, have, what have you got this week? What are you, what are you drinking this week? Only the one, because I haven't been out. Okay. Uh, I've been busy. Um... And every waking moment, I've been playing a particular game. So, mm, okay. Ooh, well, every free moment I've had. But um, yeah, this one I've saved because I really wanted to try it and really have it on the podcast. And it is a Wiper and True beer. It's a double dry hot pale ale. Um, hop Garden Series number eight. It's got mosaic and cashmere hops in it. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Oh, the Hop Garden is a series, um, okay, it's a series of a collection of beers that celebrates the flavour profiles of our favourite hops. This iteration is all about mosaic in cashmere. Huge amounts of our beloved mosaic brings a punch of ripe mango and citrus zest, which we blended with bountiful quanti- quantities of cashmere for a balanced bouquet of herbal notes and smooth bitterness. That sounds good. Nice. It's five percent for forty mil can. So yeah, I've I've been looking forward to this perfect, for a while. Perfect, perfect. I've had a Hopefully few. Good. I've had a mm. few of the Hop Garden series. Um, I think I had number one, uh, which released okay. uh, like eighteen months ago when when lockdown happened. Uh, the first, you know the first one last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's when this series started. I mean, you know, around that sort of time in the spring, um, and that's when I had the sort of the you know. Sat in the garden because that time of year was absolutely lovely. Um, sat in yeah, the garden. It was like a perfect, perfect afternoon garden beer. So, ooh, that looks nice. It looks nice and it ooh, smells nice. We'll get onto that later. Yes, yes. Uh, Adol, what are you going to be opening first? Uh, I've got the uh, Rich Yuzu Hazy Imperial Nipa Galaxy Motueka. <laughs> That's, That's a all the words. Mm. It's a they all sounded point- good, though. Five percent. Uh, hold on. Ba, 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 ba. It's from. Oh, what are you called? Uh, <laughs> Nepomucen. Nepomucen. It's Polish. Okay. Uh, Imperial hazy IPA in which citrus tropical fruitiness derived from new wave hop varieties has been supplemented with the addition of yuzu. Uh, so it's got. Um, it's Pilsner Barley Malt, Wheat Flakes, Oat Malt, Wheat Flakes, Yuzu Juice, Hops are Galaxy Motueka, and the yeast is a London Ale of their own propagation. Oh. 7.5%. 500ml um, can. It's BLG is 18 degrees. 
top rate is 17.5 grams per liter. Okay. Some good cool. info. It's been a long time since we've seen actual, like, all the infos <laughs> on a can. So hurrah for the Polish people. Absolutely. But the can looks good as well. Yeah, yeah. It's got um, very orange themed, mm-hmm. hence, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the yuzu, right? Yeah, I like the, the uh, graphics so, as well. Yeah, with the mm. sort of circling the various. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, there you go. The outline of the uh, citrus fruit, like, sketch is yes. really, really nice there. Um, yeah, so. Perfect, perfect. Um, I then am going to open up uh, um, a beer from recent sponsors of the uh, a podcast, Hacked. Um, I yeah. have the Super 8 Blanche. Nice. Which, uh, does it have any English on? Um, it's, I think it, they do. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Uh, it's 5.1%. It is a wit beer. Um, it has a tiny bit of flow text saying naturally cloudy white beer with a generous portion coriander and orange zest. Different and extraordinary fresh aftertaste. Uh, does it give me anything else? It does say it's got just barley, wheat, wheat malt, coriander and orange peel. Uh, three degrees, 11 EBUs, 5 EBCs. Um, yeah. Uh, I think is everything they give me on here. So hack, give a little bit of extra info on that. I think my light is is killing the bottle, but um, not one that we had uh, on our no. episode where we featured their beers. Uh, but it, this came in the beer fifty two box, which arrived uh, a couple of days ago, um, which had some beers in. Uh, that Adol previously had on episode as well, so I'm, I think I'm a couple of weeks behind Adol in, in getting the boxes. Uh, have you had this beer? Uh, no, I don't think okay. I did get that beer in my box. I'm really interested in what it's like because the blonde, especially, was very nice. So mm. They can obviously do. Very good interpretations on classic styles. Yes, so. yes, and we shall see in a moment. I um, did see uh, they they copied us into a tweet um, that they sent out that, that uh, um, they're now live in the UK, um, so oh, you can sweet. and should be able to just pick their beers up, I suppose, in whatever stockists they've gone into. Um, so yeah, anyone who's listened to that episode or is, is listening now can have a look online and probably find their beers. Uh, available mm. now if you like I'm definitely going to go get them. some of those blondes nice. yeah, like, there's not enough whipped beers around I mean not just because it's winter and it's a very summery beer but just in, in general so yes absolutely uh, I'm interested in, in this blanche yes uh, we'll roll back round to me after we've come back to you Lucy mmm it, it's a very good looking beer, as we said. Mm. It's it's basically opaque. Um, uh, orangey, yeah, from the light. Um, poured a nice, probably about one finger white head, but that's since dissipated. But the smell is gorgeous. Mm. Just so much orange on that on that aroma. But it was always get also getting like. Very tropical fruits, like a bit of pyre as well. as just nice. cracked the tin. Yeah, lovely smelling beer. Mm. This better be good, because... <laughs> 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 like, just the look and smell of it. It will be. 
Definitely. Not to cloud your judgment or, or, or otherwise, but it will be good. And it is good. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, that's really refreshing. Nice bit of bitterness at the end. We'll go from another sip. When you've got a moment, what, what were the two hops in there? I think it was two that you mentioned. It was mosaic and cashmere. Oh, yeah, cashmere. That's that's why mm. it sort of stuck in my head. I, I thought, hmm, interesting, interesting mix. Yeah, it's got that really, like, soft, luxurious, like, lavender, as I always attribute to mosaic, like, kind of taste to it. And mm-hmm. nice bit of bitterness at the end as well. It's not as fruity on in the taste as it is in the ro- aroma, but still got, you know, it still packs a big punch with, um, you know, like, I'd imagine there's... If someone didn't tell me the hops, I would have thought there's like definitely citra in this because right. getting so much orange in 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 the taste and in the aroma. But yeah, definitely more subtle um, fruits in the flavour than it is on the aroma. But yeah, I mean, just from wiper and true, it's just a good balanced beer. That's why I picked it up. I just wanted something classic, you know, um, just does something, you know, with subtle flavours and just does it exceptionally well. And this is exactly what that is um yeah nice bit of hoppiness it's it's just a good all-round beer it's why are wiper and true so good <laughs> oh uh, also like, another another wiper and true fact that they're, they're pushing a lot at the moment about um sustainability so not only they perfect normally in the beers that they produce but they're also looking at enhancing uh, how they're brewing beers they've been putting out a lot of sort mm-hmm. of social posts uh, and they do have someone um employed directly just to understand and coordinate them in terms of sustainability uh, mm. and this sort of stuff and they are i think they've recently gone into a bigger brewery they're still at um is it york road or york street that they've got down in st Werbos, but they have another uh brewery as well um and i think they're trying to push sustainability as a you know like a core factor which is hard as a brewery because of all of the water usage uh, and, yeah. and things like that to really really kind of get into it but it's interesting to see that they are kind of making these moves and they're you know not first to start to kind of converse about this and but they sort of seem to be the first that i've seen to kind of be a bit more transparent and open about the moves that they're making and what they're doing in terms of sustainability and they hosted Mm -hmm. a again if you follow any bristol breweries uh they hosted an evening um which i actually saw um uh, Good Chemistry had um, put up a social post about where a load of the Bristol breweries all went round and had a big conversation about sustainability in, in mm. brewing and things. So, nice. uh, you know, we talk about sort of Bristol as being this kind of very beer oriented, very beer forward sort of uh, city in the UK. So hopefully mm-hmm. that is now pushing into sustainability as well. Yeah. 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 It's no surprise that they're the, you know, leaders of that charge. So. Mm. Yeah, but like, just—I I mean, I just love their their cans as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just like a you know gold stag beetle, and that's it. It's just like yeah, don't need to have the flashy colours or anything. Just going to give you a a really good beer. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's quite light uh, because it, it is only five percent. I mean, looking at it, it's just like this opaque opaque block. 
you think, oh, it might, you know, have a bit more fullness to it. So I think if I was had to, you know, give it one negative, it's just I wish it had a bit more body to it. But otherwise, still great. Still, still a very good parallel. Nice. Good. Yeah. I, I, I would probably look for the other uh, entries in the series and see what those are like. Um, because if it's just two hops in this, uh, Mosaic and Gashmere, which are hops that I like... I'd love to see what we can do with the other ones. So. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, Adol, we'll come to you. Uh, who was it? Nepo? Nepo? Nepo Mucin? Mucin? N E P O M U C E N. So I'm not sure if the C is a hard C or a soft C. Mm. <laughs> I should know more Polish than this, but I. <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> Why? Um, Why would you? <laughs> uh, one of my best friends was. Uh, in undergrad was Polish, oh. and I dated a Polish woman in my master's. Yeah, you should know more Polish. Yeah. How dare you? Shameful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it is very dark, um, uh, orangey. Quite, I think a little a little more yellow than Lucy's, but quite um, thick colored. Um, yeah. It's it, it comes off in person slightly more orangey, but it's just my lighting here. Mm. Uh, on the pour, I immediately got sweet citrus. It must be the yuzu ju- juice. Um, on the on the nose, I'm getting like, yeah, kind of like slightly sweeter, but like when you you know uh, you grab a mandarin from the fridge and you take a bite, and there's that like cold sweet citrus taste. That's mm. like what the nose reminds me of, but with a uh, OT back end, like just mm. this creamy smoothness you get off of um, the oat malt. Really nice. Um, and quite light still. It's not like lashings of orange, but it's just it's clearly there. Um, and there's just enough other beery smells so that when you nose a few times, you're like, okay, there's a beer there. Good. Mmm. Oh, you're getting that citrus juice all up and right away. Um, again, those those um, I think it was wheat flakes and oat malt or something. There's a, quite a bit. Um, you're getting mm. that in the smoothness. Um, it's not very carbonated. It poured okay. basically like this. Um, and it tastes quite. It's it tastes a bit thick, but almost on um, but kind of wet in the sense of just not carbonated. It kind of tastes a little more like juice. Um. But after the like citrus burst happens um, with the oats, the oats are there so the whole time. You do get this lovely bitterness. Um, it's really light. Um, it's not piney and it's not dank at all. It's just this like really tight, um, bitter note uh, that sort of sits there and just sits there. Uh, it doesn't really fade, but it's not that strong. But I'm ge- it's it's so distinct that it does, you can't confuse it with the citrus. So you're not mm. getting any. You you know our running joke about oh it's a citrusy beer. It's going to taste like grapefruit. This does not taste like grapefruit. Like the mm-hmm. the bitterness is very much separated from the citrus. Um, it's really refreshing on that first hit. Um. Like I said, almost juice-like, but just enough other beer tastes to not be too, ugh, like, I want a beer. Mm-hmm. And then as that fades, you're like, ah, oh, there's this lingering bitterness. Again, doesn't dry your mouth out. 
I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's uh, it's been a while since I've had a beer that's bitter in this way. It's um grapefruity. <laughs> no, it's almost. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had a sip of orange juice after brushing your teeth. Yes, and it it brings out like this very distinct. <laughs> well, outside of the other, but just that distinct like jarring bitterness. Um, everything else sucks too. But I think it's something <laughs> akin to that. There's just something just feels out of place as if hmm. something has been masked and and that's why it okay. I don't know I'll, I'll get back to you but yeah it's not unpleasant it's just very unique hmm. okay interesting interesting be good to hear uh when you get to the end of the beer how that how that has evolved and, and changed and if you're you know if it's something that your palate kind of becomes acclimatized to you know, see, when we talk about these beers, we put so much into these first sort of few tastes. Uh, and yes, we do kind of return to them with our, our thoughts towards the end about how they evolve as our palate kind of uh, acclimatizes to them. But yeah, I mean, it's the same for most beers. The impression is usually within that first few sips um, mm-hmm. about whether people kind of enjoy them uh, or not. Um, so it'd be good to see how that changes if it does. Um, this Super 8 from Hacked, um, it's 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 kind of hazy. Um, you know, it's not a big solid block of colour. Don't think you can quite see my sort of thumb through the back. It's 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 just that little Barely. bit, little bit hazy. Uh, a, a lovely, lovely colour. Little hint of orange to it. Uh, the the head again. As with Lucy's, was about a finger of, of, of white sort of foamy head, which has dissipated. Um, very, very light nose, but kind of as you would expect, a tiny, tiny bit of sweetness, but this little hint of sort of not, not quite spice, but just this little herbal sort of note in there as well. Almost a little sort of uh, like peppery. Kind of, I suppose, as okay. you would sort of expect from something more like a saison yeah. than, a, than sort of a, a whip beer. But I mean, as you get with a lot of whip beers as well, to be fair. Yeah, well, it's sort of like coriander, kind of. Yes, and, it, and as you, you said, there, there was coriander, I believe, in this, wasn't there? And that was one of the things I yeah. read. Yeah, yeah, and just straight up coriander as well. It doesn't say coriander leaf, doesn't say coriander seed, just says coriander. Um, Maybe a bit of clove as well. Mm, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I get yeah. And it, it, that comes through in the taste as well. It's very, very easy. A little carbonated. So it brings out that sort of zesty orange, you know, that, that nice hit of sweetness mm-hmm. kind of first. And that sweetness is allowed to sort of linger and fade quite slowly whilst other stuff then starts to sort of peel away uh, and, and kind of come through. So the coriander does kick in, but it's nice that it's not and doesn't have that soapy note that we often get with sort of coriander beers. This is giving it more of a, I mean, it, it, it's coriander. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's exactly kind of what you're getting. There's this slight uh, uh, kind of lift in not quite pepperiness, but it does just lift and gives a tiny bit of heat as well, just in the flavour, but only very slightly, just to kind of offset mm-hmm. against that zesty sort of sweetness. Um, the herbalness, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and 
again, it's something that comes through a few seconds in. So that, that orange is definitely that sort of that driving force. And the coriander sort of then kicks in that little lift of sort of peppery heat and a little sort of herbal note in there as well. Just combine to not pull that sweetness down, but as it's fading, they suddenly kind of appear and say, yes, we are, we are here as well. And that flavor then runs through. So you've got the orange, you've got the herbal, you've got that little bit of pepperiness and all of that then just, just, just sticks around for this nice, long, pretty wet finish yeah. to it. So it's, it's very easy. Uh, um, oh, it's nice. It, it's kind of one of those beers <laughs> that just has a, enough going on in it that it's like, it's not like an afternoon whip beer, you know, it's not kind of one of those sit in the sun sort of things. It does have, that sort of seasonal feel to it, which makes you think, oh, I could just, yeah, I could just curl up. I could sit here with me book. I could just nurse this kind of, you know, for, for an hour uh, and sit over it. Uh, not that I will, but you definitely could with it. I definitely feel that about mine. Like, I thought I'd just knock it back in one go because it is so light and therefore, you know, really drinkable. But, I'm getting enough flavour in every sip, like every small little sip where it's like, yeah, I can just set this aside for another, you know, a couple minutes before I go in for another sip. So, yeah, I get that. Nice. Good. That's good. Let's sit and enjoy these beers and jump in and talk about the games that we've been playing, any video game news that we want to talk about this week. There's been a lot. Um, we might not get onto awful, awful humans and the companies that they run and how they treat people. <laughs> uh, um, you know, humans that should absolutely resign and have all of their money taken away from them and never live in comfort ever. I mean, their families just give it to their family and they'll have to just go to prison. Um, but that'll <laughs> never happen. So let's talk about maybe, uh, games that we have, uh, played. Uh, I might jump in quickly. Uh, with some kind of like first impressions uh, of a game that's in early access. I got a code for a game called Giant Uprising, um, okay. which is by Var Sav Game Studios, who I'd never heard of before. Um, my mouse has absolutely disappeared there it is um varsav games i wanted to click on them to see what else they uh what else they had um but varsav look like they have also made because it's a self-published game uh they've made it's a very angry man yes uh they've made something (laughs) called the path of calidra calidra which looks very very pretty uh they've also made a game called everdream valley which looks like a little bit of a farming kind of sim uh, game uh, and bee simulator as well, um, oh, which the, they the developed. Simulator. They didn't publish that one. They developed um, that. Uh, um, I've heard good things about that bee simulator. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but Giants Uprising, um, yeah, it's an early access game. So mm-hmm. if if you like what you hear about what I think. Just remember, it is absolutely still an early access game. Um, I've, I've not played a huge amount of it. Um, so this is, you know, really is my kind of like first impressions. 
of the title. Uh, but you are, um, you play a giant, which I all, I, I requested the code because it's the first kind of game where I've looked at it and gone, mate, wouldn't it be brilliant just to be able to stomp fucking everything? <laughs> Uh, and just that, go that around and first, smash stuff. That was my first reaction to it, where it's like, where are all the giant smashing games? Like, you know, yes. like this should be a genre. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, you know, we've got yeah. zombies, zombies in everything. Why aren't we just giants roaming around, smashing the shit out of yeah. them? Um, yeah. And it, it, it does give you some of that. So it, it throws in this this kind of like story in the campaign that you are a giant uh, um, and gives some backstory into the context of sort of like the kingdom uh, and the world that you inhabit. But you're a giant who has been sort of uh, captured and made to fight in an arena. Uh, and the whole sort of premise of the first sort of hour of the game is you escaping from that arena, escaping from the town, getting away from sort of the humans who have captured you. And... That feels like it should be incredibly satisfying. You know, it's not just, hey, you're a giant, you can stomp around and stuff. This is, you've got to escape, absolutely rampage through this place and get out of Dodge, get away from it, and then the story can kind of go into whatever it's going to go into. Um, but whilst you can stomp everything, the controls feel a little bit tanky. So you are a giant. So then. yes, this is this is this is okay. <laughs> my, my my two issues: the controls feel a little bit tanky, and everything feels a little bit slow. And yes, you are a giant, so you can kind of expect things to be a little bit. Uh, I would say slow, not rather than cumbersome. Things feel cumbersome at the moment. Um, and I think there's lots of ways that they can kind of deal with this. But it's sort of everything was like, oh, I've got to go this way. Okay, turn to kind of go this way. Or it wants me to sprint. And actually, I'm sprinting for a really short period of time. You know, the, the, because it's a giant, I'm taking like four steps and then having to go through kind of another door to escape this gladiatorial arena kind of, you know, undercroft area sort of thing. Um the things at the moment, until I got out into the open, it didn't feel like it was kind of built for giants, which is which is good in a way because you are absolutely captured by these humans and everything is sort of built for them. And the giants kind of yeah. come second as almost sort of uh, um, captures, cap, captured sort of prisoners who are made to fight and things have not been adapted to them, but sort of changed more to accommodate humans and, and things like this. So there's, there's loads of little bits in this which feel like it's trying to stop you doing stuff as a giant which kind of makes sense but doesn't feel that good whilst you're playing it um, and, yeah. and sort of once you're out of this area then the pathing around the sort of the little fair and the town that you get into just outside of this uh this arena space um, is again a little bit awkward to sort of navigate there's there's nothing again in the game which sort of says this is kind of the way to go. You're, you're using the environment to try and find out kind of which way you should be sort of heading in. Um, and, and there's lots of things that I didn't butt up against, but I sort of sat there and went, what am I meant to do here? How, how am I meant to get past this kind of point? 
this is all right. stuff that can change. Absolutely. You know, a few little tool tips here and there can help with some of the stuff. So, so is there like, so there's puzzles and it's not just stomping around. It's, it, you know, it's not puzzles. It's more okay. kind of just an environment to, at least in this first hour that I've played, it's more an environment to sort yeah. of escape. And, okay. um, the way that it's sort of built makes it quite maze-like. Uh, and, and there were tons of times, especially under this arena or, or in the, in the sides of this arena where I'm running around and I'll get to a big gate. It's like, oh no, I can't get, I can't get through that kind of gate. I've got to backtrack slightly because there was a door here on the side, which I've got to smash through. And it, it wasn't quite signposted enough that that was the way to go. You know, suddenly I'm like, well, I'm just at the end of this corridor and all of these humans are running towards me. And these giants that are still kind of working for them are coming towards me to batter the shit out of me. Like, nope, just got to turn around, take a couple of hits and get through a door, which was, you know, a few paces back down the, that down the corridor. Um, and then the idea that it feels a little bit sort of slow. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's a giant. You can kind of make that feel slow without the player feeling bogged down, um, without me feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm lumbering around rather than kind of being like, yep, it's, you know, it, it's moving at a pace which feels comfortable. Everything mm. just felt a bit cumbersome and a bit slow. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's definitely some, mm. some tweaking to be done around how that sort yeah. of feels. Um, I imagine they they did that to, you know, just portray that you are a giant, but they did it to a fault. Just went cranked it up a little too much, but yeah, yeah, yeah and it's something easily probably fixed in a okay, quote unquote easily. Um, <laughs> just make if if giant is too slow plus two speed. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. You know. um, and I I just I wanted to have a look at the tags as well um, because it. Sort of in the in the tags at least it says it's an action RPG. So again, I wonder whether some of that mm-hmm. slowness will it, it is baked in to give a sense of progression for them to suddenly yeah, go like, yeah. okay, now as you're progressing through, you're starting to be a bit quicker. Maybe you, your pickup speed is a little bit better. Maybe you run a little bit faster. Maybe your abilities happen a little bit quicker. You know, stuff that happens in all kind of RPGs. Yes, I now mm-hmm. cast this in 0.2 of a second rather than half a second kind of thing. So I, I don't know how much that's going to be baked into the to the end of the game to sort of go, here is how we're making you progress. Yes, everything feels cumbersome and slow now, but that will ease as you as you play through. Um, I, I think it just just needs to be tweaked a little bit to get people kind of mm-hmm. on board enough through that first hour to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm walking around. I'm stomping shit. This is this is great. Yes, I'm evading capture and trying to get away from this sort of arena and this town, but everything feels really smooth and feels good. And, and I've caused mass destruction, uh, which you would kind of, you know, which is what I kind of wanted from playing a giant sort of on the run. So it's, it's, it's definitely a title, which I think I will constantly keep my eye on because we just don't have these games. And it it feels like, you know, I'm a giant. This is like the ultimate power trip kind of game bigger than fucking everybody else and i can just stomp everything as i go uh, and that's yeah. sort of what absolutely what i want from this end 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, Maneater in that sense, mm. where it's like, yeah, I'm just growing to be the biggest thing in the ocean and just chomp, you know, megalodons for breakfast. But um, you you should play Gears of War uh, yeah. for even because. <laughs> There's a section at the end where you've seen this giant mech, and it's probably the best part of the game. <laughs> Strangely enough, I just played um, a, a section as well of um, Halo 4, where um, you get into a giant mech, and again, <laughs> it's a bit of a slow sort of section, but you're, you're, you've just got all of the fucking firepower, and blow yeah. up everything kind of in your path and it's great and you, you feel sort of i don't know why halo as a franchise has this kind of hard on for these sort of corridor vehicle sections because there's, there's you know in the in the first game in the third game there's these warthog sections sort of towards the end of the game where it's like oh no we need to escape everything it's, get in the warthog yeah. and just fucking go I- I played the first Halo, was it last year? Jesus. I probably did that about 20 times. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. Oh, mate, in, in... And the last time I did it, the, the actual time that I did it, it was a hair. It was probably like 0.02 <laughs> seconds of the time I left to go. And, and in Halo yes. 3, that section mm. is fucking awful. Um, okay. But, uh, Won't play it then. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've had enough Halo, uh, <laughs> Old school Halo playing the first. That's one, fair. So. That's fair. But but mm. this this section in 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 Halo Four felt good. Yes, you you mm-hmm. you felt big and a little bit slower, but you had the extra firepower there. Sort of be like, it's cool. I could just strafe over here and just fire some missiles off, and, and you felt mm. powerful. And I think that's maybe what Giants Uprising is kind of missing at the moment. That that instant sort of powerful kind of feel. You know, the, the first encounter you get when you're in the arena is fighting another giant and it's doing that to help you understand sort of the combat mechanics and these kinds of things but it very much puts you on the back foot and it's just like oh okay i'm a giant but i'm just fighting another giant so this is yeah, just a, yeah. just you know i saw that in the in the trailer and i was like well that i wouldn't want to do that because it's just like yeah yeah i want to Stomp on puny humans. Exactly, exactly. Mm. It's exactly what I want. It just doesn't matter what kind of humans they are. Um, some uh, there's a little bit of story with this uh, children, they, ch- yeah, children, the infirm, <laughs> elderly, yeah. uh, ones in wooden houses, ones in stone towers. Don't care. Smash them all. Um, but it, it just, uh, yeah, there's a, there is a little bit of story with this as well. And it starts off sort of interesting enough and, and opens up in its, um, sort of intro cinematic with this kind of little twist to it, which is an interesting mm. sort of way that they've, uh, start, they, the way that they kind of start the game off is interesting and is intriguing. I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of humor to this. It's, it's quite dark in how it's sort of mm-hmm. started. Brilliant. You've, you've already kind of pulled me in. And then I was instantly sort of just drawn back out by fighting a giant right. straight away and being feeling a little bit too cumbersome and tanky in terms of the play. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a little they, bit they of need t- to tweaks. Do a, they need to do a Castlevania where I give you all the ability that yeah, straight away and say this is how this is what you're going to be at the end of the game. And then uh, the witch of the town takes all the giant's powers from it. <laughs> 
<laughs> just instantly drops you back down again. Yes, yes. Or, you know, again, I am, in, I start off in an arena fighting giants. I had there have been a five minute section of, you know, even me being captured and waves and waves of mm-hmm. humans and giants kind of coming yeah. at me, but me being like incredibly powerful and just like That'd stomping be and being start, in this yeah. huge like battle to understand how the giant perhaps got to this place might be a bit of a better opening to draw people mm-hmm. in uh, and say, sure. yes, we have kind of stripped you of your powers in a way, you know, either you're injured or, or whatever, which makes you yeah, not, not quite yeah. as formidable uh, in terms of your sort of your, your fighting prowess. Um, so yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff that they can do with this. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think it has a date Only. at the moment. Uh, t- uh, t- second... oh, no, so yes. So second of November date. was the early access yeah. date for giants uprising. Um, I can't see anything in the description um, again, which, gives anything at the moment but early access it will be however long it's going to be essentially mm-hmm. um but as steam very nicely does these days in your library um if you've got the what's new uh, um sort of a uh, real up um it will give you sort of different patch notes it will tell you about different releases and things like that from the games that are kind of in your library and that you're playing so it's one that will hopefully be on my radar every time I log into, oh. uh, into Steam. So. I've, I've stuck it on my wish list because that looks like it could be very good mm. if they make Yeah, I'm changes. quite intrigued as well. Mm. Does the giant talk? Uh, not English. Oh, okay. Norse? Uh, it's more sort of very low grumbly sounds. Okay. Um, there, is a, there is a human who's giving some context um, who kind of escapes oh. the arena with you. Uh, who chats a lot over the top and things, and I don't know whether he can talk to giants or whether he's sort of just uh, interpreting tone and things. But he mm-hmm. he sort of you know kind of almost repeats what the sort of the giant says uh, and confirms different you know answers to questions that he sort of poses okay. and things like that. So there's a, there's a little bit there. But nothing that's going to be like, oh, hey, I'm a giant and I'm actually a pacifist and I hate smashing people. Let's smash all the people. Um, And it's called Giants Uprising. So you can kind of imagine that stuff's going to, you know, explode and kind of escalate in terms of all of this kind of combat and and stompy stompy. This this just reminds me of a totally accurate battle simulator, which um, actually came out of... I don't know if it came out of Early Access on PC, but mm. I think it came out on Early Access, at least on Xbox. I have both versions. I think I bought the PC version. Mm. I think the Xbox version is on Game Pass. And I dipped back into it, and I was like, this is just a fun game. I'm going to... I'm gonna... And it's got quite a few campaigns in it as well it? now. Um, in its nice. in its full release, so it's like, I'm just going to go back to that game and have some stupid fun, because... <laughs> It plays so much better on a mouse, though, just like, you know, putting down your infantry and troops and stuff like that, but you might, might get it for those Xbox achievements, because, <laughs> you know, I can't stay away. <laughs> so you've got the itch. <laughs> <I need this. laughs> yeah. <laughs> might as well, eh? Might absolutely, well. absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's, that's Giant's Uprising. It's in early access now, available on Steam. Uh, thank you to, uh, um, the PR for the code, 
Um, and I will keep an eye on it and keep everyone apprised of how that is, mm. how that is going. Um, it, it seems like a nice place to jump into uh, another game we got a code for, which I think, Lucy, you said you've only been playing one game when you've had the time to do. I think it's, mm. I think it's probably this one. Yeah. And I finished it today. Oh. I finished Inscription today. Nice. And I started it today. I, I did. I did <gasps> see that you've been playing oh, it as well. Thank God! Thank God I did because I, w- <laughs> I was going to drive down to Bristol and throttle you and say, "Why haven't you started this game? Play it now." Um, I mean, if I wasn't in got? Plymouth all week, I would have been playing it on the weekend. But it it did not run. Uh, it doesn't run on my tablet with no graphics card. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, how far have you got, Adil? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to avoid all spoilers anyway, but um, just I, yeah. so, uh, so now you're like, I'll avoid spoilers, but Adil, will you avoid? No. Uh, so I've only played <laughs> maybe four or five runs. It's a roguelike. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I got to the cabin. Um, you start in the cabin, don't you? No, no, the second cabin. Like, so I've, I beat the Tanner and... So there's like uh, a series of bosses. Oh, oh, oh! I get you. Yes, on the um, on, on the, the on the parchment map that you get. Yeah, on the yes, parchment map through I the beat second the... boss, basically. Yeah, I get what? you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I beat the the prospector, the angler. Mm-hmm. Then the yeah, I guess it's the third boss. I don't know. I basically you go through three maps and then you get. Have into you beaten the, the third boss? Which one's the third boss? Yeah. Uh, no, I think I died on the one that flips oh no i know i beat the the tanner and whatever sorry i'm, I'm confused the fisher, uh, you beat the tanner the prospector the fisher the tanner and whatever and then i got a boon okay and then i died <laughs> okay but <laughs> so, i don't want to yeah, say I, anything so yeah. but i know i know from whence i have been from yes because you would have said something completely different if you'd got, <laughs> got beyond a certain point. But, um, yeah, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but yes, apparently it's based on, uh, very influenced by, let's say, uh, magic mechanics. And obviously you're the magic guy. Mm. Is that a true statement? Magic mat. Uh, kind of, uh, I mean, ba- basically the grid isn't, right? Um, mm, okay. Because basically, the, at least as far as I am in the game, you're playing a card game against a weird man in a cabin in the woods, and you have like four rows. Um, yeah, it's like, um, yes, three by four. Yeah. Three-ish. Three rows, four columns. Yes, but you only impact the first, first one, row, yeah. and first then the lane, second yeah. row is their like actual. Basically, think of the last row. So it's basically you've got a row of things you can cast. Then they've got stuff that's in play, and then you just have the third row is what's coming up. So you get an epistemic advantage. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, which is a really neat quirk because then you you so like. Basically, you want to do. I didn't. I have yet to do the maths, but like somewhere between five and ten damage, more than them. So there's a scale. Mm-hmm. I really um, love that scale. Great way to, you know, yeah, just uh, visually portray 
how you well you're doing. Yeah, but also, so like if they've got a card in the third row, then your card in the first row will do damage to such that things get put on the scale because that's what they're going to do next time. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the... um, Yeah, what I like about, just to stay on topic of the scales, it's not just... You've got 20 health, I've got 20 health. Who gets to hit 20 first? Because it's a, it's literally a balance. So if you've got a really neck-and-neck game, you're just grinding. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, like, I've done 50 damage, I'm, I've won. Because if I've done, if you've done 48 and I've done 50, well, we're kind of even. We're barely different. Um, but, uh, so, it, 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 it takes a while to figure out. But, like, once you play enough runs, you realize, oh, actually... The right strategy, especially in the early levels, um, is just be aggressive and like don't even worry about killing their thing. Just do the damage straight to their face faster yeah. than they can, mm-hmm. um, because it's about outpacing them. So if they've yeah. got, it's not worth killing their two six. When if you're if your like three damage could go to their face instead. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting way of um, managing. As you say, your health it's it, it's a real push and pull, and it's like sometimes you're using enough strategy to okay, I will take this hit, and he can do all the damage to me in the first round, but it's like not enough to make me wipe out um I'm basically gonna you you know just basically burn that turn and then use my next turn to strategize and put. You know, have enough. Well, we'll talk about how, how you put the cards down anyway. But but have enough of my you know artillery on the board so I can start chipping back away at his health and you know get the scales back in my favour. So it isn't all just about. And I know you said like in the early game, best just to be you know just accost them with like all your fire. Oh yeah, power. but I, I said that literally as an I figured yeah. out that pure aggro can work in the first few rounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just doesn't... I didn't figure it out when I was just playing the first few rounds. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The way it's kind of like magic is that um, there's things like flying. Um, there, there are sigils on each card. So, yeah, so, e- so uh, think sh- of them as sh- Shall I, yeah, yeah, shall I describe... Because I... Even though you've talked about magic a lot on this podcast, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what uh, magic is. And I I probably want to say it because this is a game for people who, even if you don't like card games, you should absolutely mm. still play it. So um, basically, we've spoken about like the kind of lanes and stuff. To put a card down, you always get these squirrels, which are basically the, it's basically the pawns, if you think about it in chess. Um, and to put down other cards, uh, you know, more powerful animals, you have to sacrifice an animal, basically do a blood sacrifice. And the squirrel, um, squirrel is like, you can play that without any need yeah, blood it's, sacrifice. It's, it's free to cast, basic. but yeah. sacking it will give you one blood. Exactly. So And one bone once it's dead. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bones are... So, so yeah, basically, there's, yeah, there's two different ways. <laughs> of, there's basically a few things that, that you can cast for free, or yeah. things cost blood or bones. And so, yes. blood it means say it costs three blood. It means you have to have three things on the board of your four, and you sack all three of them. 
mm-hmm. unless they have the ability of they sack and give extra blood. Yeah. So that kind of means that, like, you want to... It's interesting because it gives resource management because you have four squares. And so I'm going to get rid of three of my squares to put down a thing. It mm-hmm. must be a pretty good thing. Yeah. Or these must be pretty trashy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's all, it's all that push and pull and sacrificing. Okay, I've got... I've got like a stout on the on the um a stout rather (laughs) (laughs) on the board and a wolf and it's like okay they're blocking the damage from these opponents and they're doing you know uh, damage to my opponent or whatever am I gonna get this grizzly bear and just destroy these two so I can just try and go for all damage. But still take some, you know, some um, some damage because I've basically removed one of my cards who was absorbing some damage, and it's all these different like different me- mechanics and different strategies, and each each of these cards as you get later on in the game, um, well, later on in this part of the game, yeah, <laughs> you, you start uh, being able to uh, like draw these sigils on on these cards and some of the cards come with these have you got to this point a deal or Which where you part? can where oh you were talking about the flying mechanic and stuff like that so you must have so oh yeah there's definitely sigils yeah sigils and... on these cards yeah and so it's like this there's, there's so many i mean there's so many cards as well um it looks like he, he he played Red Dead Redemption and and two and was like, let me take every animal from <laughs> from from this uh, world and put it in this this card game. There's so many different animals and there's a lot of different sigils. Whereas, um, yeah, as you said, like the flying one, where it basically deals damage to the opponent directly, no matter what, even if there are enemies in front of you in your lane um, or in that you know specific character's lanes. Um, there's sigils that if you take damage, you automatically do one damage to uh, the opponent who did it to you. There's sigils where it's the cards can swap places or push cards across the board. There's, there's so there's so so many. And so I actually want to interrupt mm-hmm. and say, if you're familiar with card games, what I like mm-hmm. about it is there's actually so far a manageable number of mechanics. Like magic's terrible for new people because. Every new set either has a new mechanic or like a mechanic from 10 years ago. And this is yeah. actually like – it. I mean for me, it was like, oh, okay. But yeah. also like some of the movement ones are interesting because I'm not used to playing grid-based <laughs> games. But actually I think they they drip feed them well. Oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's and there's not too many that you can't it. immediately yeah. be like, ah, that symbol means that. Yeah. Um, the the thing that like with the there's one thing where it's like it do a move and then move to the left and I thought it was always to the left and it turns mm-hmm. out it flips and then goes to the right um, and that was the only time I was surprised by the game because I thought it was like okay well like <laughs> sorry, I misplayed sorry. a thing because I put a thing <laughs> thinking it'll just jam to the right and then I, the right will be like done right and then in fact it didn't but you you do that once and you figure it mm-hmm. out right yeah yeah that was a very funny statement. Um, Any time you've been surprised by the game so far, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let yeah, me yeah. <laughs> I, I'm aware um, that there's a big twist coming soonish. Mm, I, I, there I, isn't just one, my friend, and I'm, 
won't, won't talk about well, it. Well, I think yeah. the, 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 the sort of the tone that the, uh, um, the trailers and, and things like that give off, give players and people who, you know, don't kind of, um, know what this is going to be enough of a hint that it is more than a card game and obviously it's made by the same dev that made Pony Island and we talked about this kind of last week when you you sort of gave a couple of thoughts Lucy on on the inscription uh, um, and the idea that that there is something else kind of lurking in this yeah 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 I mean you get, that's not even a spoiler because I mean it's in the demo and you get it straight away because as as Adil said you're you're trapped in this cabin and it's you see your player character it isn't just like, you know, just a card game where you just see, you know, your deck and, you know, the actual board or whatever. It's, you're seeing yourself within this cabin and you can stand up from the table. I imagine you've done that at this point. Oh, you can yeah, stand I mean, up from this there's table. secrets in the cabin. I've, I've found yeah. a bunch of them. Some of them are like puzzles on the grid, which I really appreciated. It's like, uh, there's like four. There's like a little safe, almost uh, not the safe, but it uh, and it has four puzzle um, faces. It's like mm-hmm. actually like a cupboard, right? But mm-hmm. each cupboard face is like uh, has a bunch of symbols that are correspond to sigils to the game, and you push a button and it goes zero to five. It can move different um, blocks around with different symbols. Um, and so the first time you you do you've you see it. If you walked around earlier, you're like, I don't know what any of this means, whatever. But once you've played enough of the game, you're like, oh, how do I do five damage? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you open the cupboard. And so I ended up like learning an extra mechanic because I was like, I want to know mm-hmm. how to, I want to know what's in this fucking drawer. So I kind of just like figured out one of the mechanics yeah. I hadn't bumped into because I solved all four of the cupboards. But I was like, I don't understand how this works. Oh, okay. Um, and then in them are like, uh, when you explore the cabin, it's like a couple things that might help you, like maybe a spare card uh, or a narrative card. Um, but really it's kind of just, it, most of it is about like, what the fuck is going on? And it does not, an- thus far, it hasn't answered any questions. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just been interesting and intriguing. Um, the main core mechanic thus far is kind of like Slay the Spire with like a procedural generated map that is several unfurled parchments long. They have steady bosses, but you can take different routes and, you know, they'll be upgrading cards i mean and and like one of the things i like a lot about it is like you can be like oh i have a shitty card in my deck oh i know that that thing will let me sacrifice a card to give its abilities to another card i don't even care about its abilities i just don't want this card because i don't want it to draw so i'll pick a route to like because it'll never make a card bad getting the abilities well Never is a strong word. Yeah. So, like, you can also, you can kind of plan your route whether you want, like, a lean deck or not. Like, the deck building's really satisfying, uh, but there's enough randomness in each run that the roguelite stuff's really good. Like, the, the my best run, there's, like, a woodcutter lady, and you can make little statues out of a base and a head, and the head will be a creature type. Um, and you always start with a squirrel creature type, and the base will be 
one of the sigils. But one of the sigils is, if this dies, get it back again. Get that card back again. Um, and so my best run was when I paired that with the squirrel head. So every time I, I sacked a squirrel, <laughs> I got I a squirrel back. Um, I love um, this game because that that's... That's by design. So, so yeah, this is yeah. So, to part of what I kind of want to know about this before I get into it is, uh, and I suppose Lucy, you're 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 more in a place to answer. I'm just this, not but, saying but, anything. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> without just kind like, of being, you know, because Adil's, Adil's the be- the best person to describe it because A he plays magic and B he will not. Say no he yeah. will not accidentally but, but, say anything. So, but I'll, the, I'll the speak kind of the, the, to so it the, some the more thing I well. kind of want to know is, you know, and again, through kind of like the marketing and knowing sort of like what Pony Island is and stuff, um, how how much is the kind of the the card game uh, in terms of like the percentage of sort of what you're what you're doing is is the card game like. 90% the, the card, is, the is the card game the game yes, and yes. then there is this sort the, of AR or meta or, or, or other part mm-hmm. that absolutely right cool absolutely and the thing is like last week I spoke about um, you know being excited to build uh, build a deck and the game is broke up into three apps I'll say okay and it's the reason why I don't like card games sometimes is because it's like it's more of a all-encompassing i need to build a good deck to fight you know to to be able to get through this game and it's like oh you know down to if there's bad rng or something like especially in like something that is has that kind of like procedural generation like you know and you are going through these random paths throughout this roguelike element it can be a bit of a bummer where it's like, oh, I've got a really, you know, I've tailored my deck, but because of this bad piece of RNG or or this happened, I just can't do anything about it. This game is absolutely not that. It It's very much a puzzle game, which is why I like it. Mm. It's because, as, as Adil said, there's enough randomization and there's enough in the meta narrative where you can get out of tricky um situations which is the whole thing about the escape okay. room it's like if you're struggling to get through it you can literally stand up from the table go to that cupboard and solve that puzzle that Adil was talking about and get those extra cards right. and that can yeah. go into your deck and help you there's different things around the room and it's like the game the game knows what what you're going to do and it's and the game knows how to tell you and drop hints about, okay, this is the point in the game where you're probably going to need this, (laughs) this, 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 you know, little thing to help you. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's just, oh my God, it's so funny. (laughs) The way it teaches you these mechanics, it's just like, it isn't, let's read through this, you know, massive, uh, rule book. It's just do it. The, yeah, the runs are short sure. enough. You know you're going to die. You can, I mean, you have to die usually at the start unless you're really good. Um, you, and you know what you're doing. You're mm. very adept at card games anyway. You have to die. And it's like, you know the runs are short enough. And you know it's all part of this loop. And so you don't feel bad about dying. 
and trying things mm. out. And it's the, the guy who's sitting across from you from this table, this creepy guy, you can literally only see his like eyes. And he's very much into this, holding you captive and role-playing this game. Like, at each of the bosses, he literally holds up a mask and changes into this whole different persona. He just says, look, don't worry about it now. Just, or he says, just try it out. Just do it. And it's, and it's teaching you by, like, sometimes you have these cards in your deck because you get a new randomized deck every time you die. And it's like, I don't know what this sigil is. And it does this very good thing where if you, like, left click on, like, one of the, um, on one of the sigils or just anything on, like, the card or on the table, it will just bring up at the bottom of the screen, this does this. And it's like, Okay, sometimes you read that and it's like, I still don't know what that means. And it's like, you just do it anyway. And you, you learn those mechanics so naturally and so, uh, you know, um, just in a really fantastic way. And you're, you're always like enraptured by what this guy across the, you know, opposite end of the table is saying. Cause it's literally when you're sat at the table, cause you can't stand up from the table when you're in a game. He's the only thing that you see opposite mm. you, other than, you know, you can look at the table and the scales, and and that's it, basically. So it's like, you have to listen to what he says. And yeah, just the way it teaches you the mechanics, it becomes a puzzle game, because you're not focused on your deck, because it's not like you can build a deck run to run. It's not like... And there's so many cards that are thrown at you in this stage, where it's like... You're not going to learn everything. You just, and you're not going to be able to build the perfect deck. You just have to figure it out. And as I say, the things around the the escape room, the things around the room, they are there. Like one time, I was just like, "This run is done." And but I had picked up something from the from the room, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I have this. I wonder what this does." And I used it, and it's like. Even though my run still came to an end, I had other opportunities within the escape room to look for something else and then, th- you know, and then be like, okay, how can I use this around the room and use it in my next run? So I didn't even feel bad about mm. dying. And I think in a roguelike, that is the best Absolutely. feeling where you don't feel bad about dying. I mean, it. Yeah. What Hades did for like roguelites and and incorporating a story into it, I think this similarly does for card games. And it's clear that Daniel Mullings, the developer, he, I imagine he's someone who very much loves card games and spent a long time with them, and you know, play, probably played more than one of them. And he's someone who understands them from both perspectives of someone who plays card games and someone who doesn't. And without getting into any spoilers, it just, it, it makes a card game for everyone and it makes people like me who, you know, just like, whatever about the genre, fall in love with this kind of card game and, and just has this whole meta narrative around card games mm. themselves. And it's, it, it switches from, oh, okay, I, I, I like this as a puzzle game. But it's like, and then it switches from, oh, actually, I understand these mechanics enough to want to actually build a deck and, you know, learn the intricacies of the, of the mechanics and 
you know, go further in the game by building a deck, and it offers you that. And it's like all this push and pull, and just it, it's it's masterful the way he does it. And nice, you need to play it yes. then. Also, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's it's a, as I think I said last week. It's kind of like the next game uh, on my list to mm-hmm. purchase. I, I don't think there's anything else mm-hmm. coming out or that has recently come out. Just, but, oh, just buy it now. Just go out and buy it now. It, it, it's the way I played this game, it's like, it very much feels like how I played, like, uh, I'm getting senses of, like, Return of the Overdone, mm. where maybe it's because it's, like, a single developer and it's very, it has a single vision and it's, like, it, it goes for it and it does it incredibly well. But it's just the kind of game where it's, like, I don't want to play anything else. I just want to find out what the hell is going on. I just want to sink further into yeah. it. But it's also the kind of game where it's like, despite that, I've had to take breaks because it's like, what the hell is going on? What is this game doing? Is it? It's like um, the second Wolfenstein game, what was it? Whichever one that was. Um, where it's just all these twists and turns, and it's like it was like Whiplash, and you, I needed a break. <laughs> and it's just like I, I need to take a break from this because I have no idea what's going on. It's just. <laughs> just pulls you here and there and everywhere. Nice, just, nice. It, it's 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 tremendous. Like I thought, Metroid Dread, you know, be runaway game of the year for me, but it it's it's gonna it's gonna have to do a lot to maybe I, I don't know maybe usurp by well maybe maybe we'll, we'll, we'll probably it's one of these games that we'll probably come back to at the end of the year. To, to discuss, oh, yeah, sure. uh, maybe kind of in depth, you know, um, even if it's as part of our kind of end of year chat, maybe we can be a bit more spoilery mm-hmm. then, uh, around it. People will have had a bit of time with it, um, you know, which is, you know, next month roughly we'll be doing our kind of end of year, uh, chats. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. probably come back to it talking about inscription, mm. um, soon ish. It, yeah, it may be recency biased, but I think it's my mm. game of the year, and it's a flipping card game, and it's <laughs> really good. You don't Man, you just just don't play it's, any more games. That's it. I don't. I don't need to at this yeah. point. It's one of those where you where you're happy that it's like I'm glad I play video games, and I'm glad I understand all the weird things this game is. Doing. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's it's one it's one of those you know once in a decade kind mm. of games and yeah it should be game of the year Ooh. in every outlet brilliant it's nice. ridiculous nice. it's ridiculously good good uh, we'll, and we'll talk. I'm, I've just been poker face this entire time because I don't want to say much <laughs> more for this it's fine at some point at some point we will come back to it and you'll just be like blah yeah. just be able to explode yes. uh, about everything you feel mm. about this uh, about the game uh, let's and it's a really good card game. Forget everything else. It's just a really good card game. <laughs> the main takeaway as well. Yeah. Um, good. Let's open some more beers. Uh, Lucy, you just had the one, didn't you, this week? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just cool. Uh, so, Adel, we will come to you. What What are you going to drink now? No, no, you're muted. Hello. Still muted. Have a nap. Yeah, I was whispering. I thought, oh, I, I suspect the podcast will get it. Sorry. Uh, my phone vibrated and I realized that like on on my thing that makes my XLR mic work, there is a mute button. And so I was like, ah, oh, vibrate. 
and then I forgot, which means you didn't hear the few quips I had in the last discussion. I don't think it mattered. Anyway, I am the Service Era <laughs> Peninsula, the Golosa Imperial Stout con Chocolate Coco y Nubes, 9.5% uh, Imperial Stout with Chocolate, Coconut, and Marshmallow. Nice. Um, it is... Spanish? Um, it's in the teensy weensy can though 33 centiliter can um yeah i figured why okay. not chocolate cocoa nut and marshmallow absolutely um yeah basically uh uh spoiler alert i cashed in all my beer 52 <laughs> credits for having it for Very so nice. long uh and bought a bunch of beers i don't normally see in the shops mm. and whatever and so the next couple of weeks will probably be those if they last <laughs> that's always the way because you know how that Absolutely. goes Absolutely. Yeah, yeah um but anyway so that's that's mine a nice uh imperial stout with chocolate coconut nice. um i am going to drink stay out a double ipa eight percent from neon raptor uh, I will see what information it has. Oh, it's a collaboration. Collaboration brew with our friends over at Neon Raptor. Oh, it's not a Neon Raptor beer. Their names, ah, that's why. It's by Drop Project as well. Um, so it's a Drop Project beer collaboration with Neon Raptor. Um, it has got Eldorado, Idaho 7, Azaka, Cryo, and Simcoe Cryo in. It also has barley, wheat, oats. Doesn't tell me the yeast. It's vegan friendly though. Um, drink fresh, enjoy socially, peace. Uh, this is made at Drop Project RN Mitchum. Oh. I don't know where that is. Hmm. I don't know where Mitchum is. London. That's London, is it? Okay. North, north. Uh, CR north postcode. What would see a Croydon? London, Croydon, maybe? Don't know. Not a clue. Um, but uh, I was away for the weekend. I picked up a load of beers in the um, random kind of not bottle shop, but enough of a bottle shop that they had several craft beers uh, in um, to drink at the weekend. And this one just happened to uh, to not get drank. So I thought I would drink it. Now, I did have another beer from Drop Project, which was very, very nice. Um, I don't think I've ever had anything from them before. So this is you know, two in about four days. Um, but I saw Neon Raptor and I thought, I don't get many beers from Neon Raptor. I don't see them a huge amount. So I'll pick this one up. I see them all the time in up here. So. Where are Neon yeah. Raptor from? Interesting. Uh, didn't you say Mitchum? No, that's Drop Project. Oh, right. <laughs> Neon Raptor, Nottingham? I don't know. Uh, Mitchum is uh, southwest London, sorry, not northwest. And, What's northwest uh, London? Like, I don't know, Ealing sort of way, I suppose, isn't it? Like, Neon southwest. Raptor. Don't know. Don't know. Who wants to go to London anyway? No, it's terrible water. <laughs> Surprised the beer's coming out alright, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Neon Raptor about. I don't know why I don't just just stick it in Google Neon. Uh, my Google skills need help. I mean the the the, the standard the the Google man is is, is you know preoccupied with his beer. <laughs> <Google> <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, 
Is that where <laughs> Mr. Jeeves went? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, East Midlands. Okay. Nottingham, yeah, nice. I thought, yeah. Sorry. Mm. yeah, probably why Midlands. Yeah. We'll probably get them. Cool. Um, well, that's what I'm drinking. Stay out from those two. Double IPA. Stay out. Uh, uh, we're back to you, Adol, for the uh, Golosa. Yeah, hmm. G-O-L-O-S-A. Golosa. I don't know if you can tell, there's this really interesting line art of a cake. Mm. Yeah. A little bakery or something. Nice. Anyway. Uh, it poured extremely thick and dark, which you shouldn't mm. be surprised at, given that it's an imperial stout, 9.5%. Uh, it does have a little more brown tinge to the head than, than sort of a white creaminess. Um, Boy, do you get that coconut and the chocolate off the nose. It it like starts like, ah, oh, it's a bit chocolate, and then you're like, oh, um, I can't think off the top of my head what um a chocolate coconut sweet is, but that's what this smells like. Uh, it doesn't smell quite. It smells a little artificial coconut. Mm. There's a bit of depth there that that's like, nah, this isn't like just desecrated coconut. That's desecrated. Being... <laughs> what yeah, is it? Yeah, desiccated. Desiccated. <laughs> I like desecrated De- more. De- desiccated though. coconut. That's a bit desecrated. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some depth there. I think it might actually just be the maltiness giving it a bit of a backbone. I wouldn't be surprised if the coconut added it was desiccated, just because it has that tinge to it. Learn so much on this podcast. <laughs> Um, oh, it's nice and smooth. That 9.5% is really gives it a rich thickness. There's also surprising, there's just enough carbonation. It gives it, it gives a bit of an effervescent pep. Nice. Um, the marshmallow is coming through mostly because it feels kind of puffy and floaty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think. It's more of a, it's coconut with a touch of chocolate than chocolatey, which I think is actually a bit disappointing because the chocolate mm. notes are interesting, but they're very fleeting. Um, and it might, I mean, this is probably just my personal preferences coming in. It's just like, I want more of the, there's a slight, like on the finish, there's like a bit of a burnt, slight acrid uh note of that reminds me of like the coffee or rich chocolate dark chocolate tastes right. that you can come off of stouts and they're just not enough okay. there it's just like this this hit of oh yeah these are notes that would work really well oh but they're not really here rather than yeah ah, yes because i think that would support and like buttress that coconut really well and like the type of chocolate note that's coming in is really interesting but kind of fleeting it's just, hmm. It feels like it needs more of a chocolatey base rather than, oh, we just put yes. chocolate in yeah. it. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. It feels like, oh yeah, there's some coconut, oh yeah, there's some chocolate. But actually, in an Imperial Stout, because of what's going on, the chocolate is kind of the, should be the centerpiece just because of how, mm-hmm. the, just the taste family involved. Um, and it's just not quite there. And like, the only time I noticed the marshmallow, like I said, is in the notion of it's pulling things away. Um, so 
Maybe yeah. it'll grow on me. I mean, I'm curious once it's sort of my palate acclimatizes whether I'll see more detail in this. Mm. Excuse me. Those mm. notes. But right now, it's like it's like my report cards from elementary through ever, which is the big P word. Like, it tastes like potential. <laughs> <laughs> More than I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, brilliant, good, good. Um, it, interesting that given it pr- provided it in a small can, like you know, perhaps that's because of it being a what was it nine ish percent, what something like that, nine percent, nine point five. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit disappointing. That I mean, like when you said the carbonation, I would have thought, mm, I thought it'd just be like, you know. At that strength as well, just like have a really good multi base and just be like thick and you know, rather than just feel like it's got these things just sprinkled yeah, on top of it. Yeah, and it, again, whether it's sort of just baked into my brain that you know, nine and a half percent stout with all of those adjuncts being in a tiny can, you expect it to be the richest thing you have ever drank and they've made that choice they've gone yeah it's in a small can because this is enough for one person that's that's sort of what i was expecting you to sort of say like this is the the richest thing you've ever ever drank so a monson's desert yes yes exactly yeah so versus desert in a can (laughs) yes that may not be as good (laughs) um right this collab then this double ipa drop project neon raptor um it's got a nose which is very familiar for modern double IPAs. It doesn't quite edge into the sort of, um, you know, sweaty, earthy dippers of late, you know, those uh, kind of oniony, earthy sort of ones. But it, the nose is edging on that. It's, it's, it's like super ripe kind of melon. Um, it's a lot thicker in color than, or in consistency than the previous beer. Um, it's a little bit more orange than it's currently showing on the the, the screen as well. Uh, but the flavour, whilst it does give me hints straight away of that kind of you know the twenty twenty one sort of dipper, it's really really soft, like incredibly soft, and dials back. On that earthy, uh, uh, really incredibly ripe note straight away. That is there. It kicks off with that, but it softens so, so much and has a nice, almost kind of very subdued tropical sweetness to it. And it's subdued because of that, you know, because it's a modern kind of dipper, but it's there just enough. That it's just balancing this out very, very easily. Um, it's, it's, it's a lovely sort of very quick, but very lovely little journey through these kinds of flavors. It's almost like it's one foot in 2018 and one foot in 2021. You know, it's kind of trying to mm. be not quite, not, not trying to be a juice bomb. But it, it, it's almost trying to get back to that whilst still having 
those notes of a 2021 double IPA. You know, yes, it's got this very, very ripe melon. It's, it's a little bit sort of grapefruity, but it leans into those earthy, oniony sort of notes at the start. And then there's that lovely softness, lovely sweetness in there as well, just balancing it out very, very easily. And this will, because it's really light and soft and doesn't have much carbonation to it and isn't a big hit of flavor. You know, it's not a juice bomb in terms of like hitting your face full of flavor. It's very sort of medium flavored, medium body. Um, that means that this will just disappear. Uh, you know, the previous beer, a little bit more carbonated, nice to sort of sup on it and take my time over it. This will just fly back because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that I had the uh, and the, the other beer I had from Drop Project at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember it over, say, the other ones I had. You know, a couple from Pressure Drop and and, and, and other things. Go to Brighton and don't drink any beers from uh, from Brighton because the bottle shop just didn't fucking have any. Um, but I, I did have a few in the in the pub from a couple of notable sort of breweries. But um, this is the, the one I had from Drop Project at the weekend. We just ordered food. I had a a Thai red vegetable curry, and the the, the Drop Project beer alongside that just felt incredibly heavy. You know, it was right. thicker, it was boozier. Um, it again another double IPA, but it just felt heavy. This is incredibly light and soft and pillowy and just really, really lovely. Um, and makes me think I need more Neon Raptor beers, um, more than anything. So. Yeah, they, they make good beers. Um, always see, well, well, I do pick them up from Ooh. time to time. Um, I should pick them up more often because they're very highly rated. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why it surprised me. Um, because I was just like, oh wow, people really like Neon Raptor, and I do too. Maybe it's just because I think anything from Nottingham is crap. Um, <laughs> it's a crap city, but uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> like Sheriff. I mean, I agree because they didn't give me a job that university that's in Nottingham. Mm, you know, it's oh, such a boring city. Oh, There's nothing there. Stay in Bristol. <laughs> I think there's a tram in this. Just, just one. To be fair, I haven't just been one in tram. Like, yeah. In a museum. <laughs> I haven't been in like 10 years, but there you go. <laughs> it was boring by then. Um, yeah. Uh, Good. <laughs> I should mention, uh, I tried those, um, uh, this year's Siren. Yes. Beers, uh, the Caribbean chocolate cake, uh, before they went on. Wide release. Are they on wide release now? They might be going on wide release maybe this weekend or something like that. Um, yeah, you, you can go read my thoughts. I actually resurrected my dead site. Um, <laughs> beer is <laughs> It was like 27, July 2017, wow. the last time I wrote anything on it. Yeah. Really? Has it yeah. been that long? It's been that long. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible how time just passes and you just like, what? What was I doing when I was twenty-seven? Um, not much. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can go read my thoughts there. Just, just check my Twitter. Nice. Um, it'll be there. But, but I, I, I do have to say their their nitro uh, beer was the pick of the bunch. It, 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 
It's like a very luxurious um, Guinness. Mm. <laughs> and it was really good. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, that, it was very Brilliant. nice um, to be one of the ten people in the country to try them before. Felt yeah, very great. special. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not so special anymore because everyone else can drink them. Yeah, she's gone out to all the, the, the rest of us plebs that we could just pick it up wherever Yeah, you like, plebs. Yeah. You know, the hoi yeah. polloi can, can drink them. It's like, yeah. Get off my, uh, get off my phone in my ivory tower now. So yeah, but yeah, I I I really recommend that nitro one because it's a lighter beer. I think it's seven point four percent, but it it just feels so full and like completely the opposite as you said to the Galosa deal. Where it's like it's 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 got everything and it's you know quite light, but it's like it's one of those where you could happily. Knock a few back, but also just be happy with just one because mm. it's, it's just so, it was very good, very very impressed with that one. Um, but yeah, so look out, amazing, guys, I guess, in the coming weeks. Yes, good. Um, let's jump back into then. I suppose our last topic for the episode. Uh, Adol, what do you want to chat about this week? Was was inscription sort of your main main talking point this week? Having had some time with um, it as well. Uh, it was well. Th- but, Shall we I talk mean, about inscription more? <laughs> uh, so there's, there's uh, that. I don't know if you guys have had any more time with Ford. So yes, I have. I yeah. haven't um, started it. Ah, um, uh, okay. Um, and I've got an I'll... Xbox though to mm. play yeah. it on there. That's actually why I brought it up. But mm. uh, before we talk, maybe a bit Forza. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I did commit to playing more of that. Hermitage Strange Case Files game. I played it a yeah. bit on the train. Uh, and I... If you... Basically, if you like the storyline of the first few hours, maybe you'll like more of the game, but it introduced like, observe this person while you talk to them, and you got, like, flavor and whatever... Um, and in, like there, there's a lot of hints of mechanics, but I have a sneaking suspicion the mechanics are just when it comes to it, play the matching game of clues. Like you collect clues, uh, and um, and then you have to solve a thing, and you have X chances to solve it. So if you, I presume the bad endings are if you don't solve it right mm-hmm. away. Or whatever, you don't pick the right, like, three clues that lead to the right conclusion. And it's all mostly deduction, some induction, like some guessing, um, educated guessing. Uh, but all the new-ish mechanics didn't give me more clues. They just gave me more flavor. Okay. Uh, and so, like, I I don't think I'll go back to it because I didn't think that, like, there it introduced intrigue that just felt kind of... Um, yeah. Stale, set, set yeah. yeah. So it was like, the, it turns out there's a guy who mysteriously installed you into the bookshop. Oh, he's come back and he's given you books to sell. Oh, you've put them in a corner. I don't care. <laughs> like, it, I just, it, it just, it didn't grip me enough. So it was like, all right, okay, I don't care about that. I kind of like want to, like, I, I saw kind of the through line of the f- neck to like. It's like, oh, okay, so I think this is what's going to happen. And then it took me like an hour to just figure out Mm -hmm. that that was what Mm. the game wanted me to say happened. Because obviously, 
the game oh, i'm saying canonically the game is saying it happened when i saw the thing and it tells me this is the thing mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. i kind of figured this was going on but it took me a while to get to the point where i could tell the game i was pretty sure this is what was going on yeah it very, yeah, it very much leads into the visual novel aspect kind of thing um, yeah which, the scene and stuff like that so yeah if, which means i need to be gripped by the mm-hmm. storyline yeah, and it, i just wasn't and then i actually then, kind of begrudge them adding things that felt like mechanics that weren't yeah and I think you have to be in the right headspace to yeah. like kind of play those games as well. Yeah, that's why I try and be very selective when I read, like narrative. He- not read yeah. <laughs> uh, Freudian slip there. When I play like very narrative heavy games, it's like mm. I know I have to be in the mood to play like one mm-hmm. of those games. But you know, some people love those kinds of games, like Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton and stuff like that. So. It's definitely going to be for a certain type of person who likes those yeah. games. So. Cool. Um, so, uh, d- yeah, Forza Horizon Five. Then, um, yeah, that's like the complete opposite. I, I, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Um, I, I, I have <laughs> been um, playing a little bit of it. Um, you know, a, a, a snatch sort of five ten minutes, kind of here uh, and there. Um, which just pause now. This is one of the reasons I really like the game is that it, it doesn't demand long play yes. sessions, or at least, sorry, there are ways of playing it that don't demand long play sessions. No, you're absolutely right. Like, how long is a race? Yeah, <laughs> you can just do one race. Absolutely, that's absolutely, it. and that's or, or one speed yeah, trap. Yeah, that, that's what or, I've know, kind of find been enjoying fun. about it. Like, it's 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 kind of, and I know when we've talked about it before, you know, in the Discord. Lucy, you said, do I get a, a racing wheel kind of for this? And actually, the more I play it, the more I kind of feel that that wouldn't be a bad shout. Because it's it's not quite as arcadey as... Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me waste money on a racing now get that PS, wheel. Get that PS2 no one space. hooked up. Um, I've, I've got the, 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 the PS2 adapter, which it'll help yes, me find. Because yes. I didn't write, realize putting PS2 in Google... Came up with some other weird, like, port instead of PlayStation mm. 2. The, the original yeah. port for keybo- keyboards and mice, pre-USB, yeah. was called the P slash S2. Is that the, that's the little that's purple one in the back of the computer, isn't it? Me. The purple, purple one and yes. the green one. It was just the PSD, PS2 keyboard purple, PS2 mouse yep. green. Yeah, yeah that, that was no good for Google. <laughs> and set me down a weird rabbit um, hole of... Can I do this? But and now and why are there no of these adapters <laughs> for PS2 to USB? But yeah. But now you're there, <laughs> and now you've got it. it. It does seem like the kind of game that you would get a little bit out of it with with having kind of a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. It's just simmy enough. Well, it can be more though. Is what I like about it. Like, is it? Is this your? First Forza game? It is for me, yeah. For each of you? Uh, I played Horizon... Three? Three a bunch. Yeah. Uh, That was 2016, right? God knows. Yeah. It was the one before the four. Yeah, so so (laughs) I played with with, uh, former all peeps like... um, Oh, yeah, I remember playing that once. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think... Yeah, I I played a bunch when I first got my Xbox. 
Xbox One. Uh, back when I lived in the place where my flatmate yelled at us for whooping at the PSVR band. Oh, yes. Do you remember yeah, that? I do remember, yeah. Yeah, at noon on a Friday. Oh, my God, VR. Why have you ruined my life? Yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I played that a bunch. And then I got four a couple years later and didn't have people to play with and just mm. didn't quite get into the locale as much. And this one... I don't like England, sir. Yeah. Um, Why don't you go back to Canada? Makes sense. Uh, But this one, like, except for the, like, dumb intro, which I get because if you're new to these games, it's like, here are all the ways you can play this game. There's so much fun. Or is it, um... I think you mean the very intro? I mean the very intro. The, like, here are the four plane drops... It's kind of on rails, but it's not on rails. I you love don't really that. feel like ah, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, because it's so you're right. It is very on rails, and it's like yeah, but it's like you you beat the I don't know train or hovercraft or whatever it is you're racing. Yeah. It rubber bands. Well, there's so there's well. a bunch of those races in this <laughs> as well. If you want to yeah. to do those. Oh, to, yeah. So mm-hmm. so what does it like say is what I like about it is there the are plot things mm. to do. And then there are decidedly not plot things to do. And you can kind of just drive. Yeah. I found myself... Yeah. So, like, I got myself... Because they have a Healy, Austin Healy, 1960-something, too. It's the closest thing I can get to my dumb car that I have in Canada, Daisy, than a 58 MGA that I own. And it it's slow. <laughs> but I got it in black, and it's a convertible. It's a dumb British roadster. And I kind of like just driving around like yeah. Mexico in Mexico. that. Uh, destroying ruins. Destroying uh, but also, ruins like, <laughs> so the cars I've bought are that and a DeLorean. Okay. And I know I can make the DeLorean drive well if I go into the tuning, which I've just... That's the one part of the game where I'm like, oh, God, there's, like, I as soon as you open it up, you're like, oh, no, I don't, yep. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've not gone into that menu because it's just like, it's uh, too but much. But I like, yeah. yeah, I like this game because it's pretty, you don't need to, you can do well, you can have fun okay. with this game without. Yeah. So, like, one of the car, cars, you also, up like, unlock cars a bunch mm-hmm. kind of randomly, Um there's a wheel spinner that gives you money if you wanted to buy cars. But I, like, got a 2005 Impreza SDI. It's, like, what I would choose. Like, the style of racing, like, slight drift, but some yeah. speed. It's a C-class or whatever. And played a bunch of races in that, street races, and did well to the point where the game was, like, you need to be above yeah. average. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I did poorly. And then I started to do well again. And it was like, right, this is good because I haven't had to tweak this car. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about Drivatars. Oh, they've been around for a while. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, but but other than that, it's it's it. To be honest, though, it, it's more of because it's like really. I know Ben hasn't played this. Does he have a fucking Lamborghini? Because apparently he does. Like I don't like. <laughs> definitely don't have a Lamborghini. It's just slapping a name. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I don't like that part of the Drivatar thing. I like the idea of bringing people off your friends list, but when it's always the same four people, and they just conveniently have the same car as you, or... A better car. The plus or yeah. minus on stats, right? Uh, and, and... Um, 
it's okay, but I think if I never realized the the nuances in how a you know driver tar is like pulling data from how you drive and then putting that in your game, I never get a sense of that. And because, I, I mean, if I was in your game, I'd just be shunting you and then just moving you off the road. But it's like none of yes, the drivers do that. That's exactly what I would so. do. You know, suddenly that mm-hmm. line that shows you the perfect line to go uh, around the corner on when you should be braking, normally it goes red that you brake. And I'm like, but there's a car just going around the corner. So yeah. if I just accelerate and That's smash into doing. that car... I'll go around faster than everybody you, else. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine yeah. that my driver tar, you know, appears in your game and does that constantly. It is just here is a bot with your friend's name on it. Yeah. It's always been, you know, very much not maligned, but like ridiculed because mm. it's like this doesn't really do anything. It's just other people's names. It's just like, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm, I think these are the best. Like, I've fallen off. Well, I had fallen off like uh, racing games for several years. Like, I love Need for Speed. Like, before that, you know, I guess racing games were just like a staple. Um, but yeah, I really got into Forza Horizon Four, and these are like the best racing games ever made. You know, people say, "Oh yeah, Burnout." It's like, hush, you know, these these are. Apart from, like, the economy and just throwing tons of, like, different currencies and tokens at you, and it's just like, what does any of this do? Who mm. cares? Um, when you really boil, boil it down and just, like, to the driving and how there's always something for you to do and just how beautiful the games are, these are the best races so, I've ever made. So, so. I've, I've, I've played, you know, a, a reasonable amount of it. I, um, I know I've played a little bit more than you have, Adol, because... Um, I, I've dipped in and out over the last few days and your, it pops up saying, you have discovered this many roads or these many things. Oh, yeah. And it will say someone else and it always picks you. It always says it's you that has done these <laughs> things. And it's like, I have now discovered 200 roads and Adol's discovered 130, roughly. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and it, you, the reason it's because you don't have very many people as friends yes. on Xbox, okay. but I owned an Xbox for a while, so I get these randos. Like, Fixer's <laughs> one of the people, and Bob is one of the people. Like, full time streamers on my friends list. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. I I beat that guy in a race. No, I didn't. It's just his drive avatar, but also for a s- small point in time last Wednesday. I saw more roads. <laughs> Fixer, what an absolute noob! He's only seen two hundred exactly. roads. Yeah, exactly. So the the, the thing the thing that I kind of get from this is that I, like I, it, it's great in terms of that like little snapshot. Like yes, I can play five ten minutes and just do something, and I love that I can just explore the map and drive around, and there's all of these other bits that I can kind of do. But I still prefer the driving mechanics of drive club than I do of uh, Forza Horizon. And it just makes Mm. me think more so, yeah, completely, if, if, if drive club had gone this way, rather than trying to match, say, like Gran Turismo in here is a race, you know, all menus, 
all picking races, all of this, if it had gone more like an open world kind of thing, you, know, you would kind of expect that maybe by the motor storm kind of people, that that would be the sort of the next step that it would have taken. That, that Drive Club was so solid in its driving mechanics. And I, and I find I'm trying to sort of, drive, I'm yes. trying to drive as if I would in kind of, uh, a Drive Club. And that, that works very, very well in Forza Horizon. Um, and I, what you need to do is go to the subreddit of two people who are like drive club exactly. forever and download <laughs> their mod on how to tune the <laughs> Find this like Nissan Skyline uh, and they tell me exactly how I should tune it to, to make it a S-class car or something. Um, but I, I do like, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a great little kind of just five minute game. It'd be like, yeah, I just play a tiny bit and just lose a bit of time in it. But the one thing I find very, very odd is that a, a big sort of stink was made out of it being in Mexico. It's like, hey, we've, we've gone from the UK from, or, or England or wherever it was kind of set in four. We've gone to Mexico. There's a couple of people with Mexican accents, and this is where it's at. And that's it. That that's that's the yeah, only that's, Mexican. Okay, okay. All of the radio stations are like British DJs, well, and it's like, sucks. hang on, like, what? Yeah, this should this sucks. shouldn't be like this. This should be like. It's gone to Mexico. Uh, immerse me in this space. Like, take me there. That, you know, it's not just here Can is some... some deserts and cactuses. <laughs> here is some kind of like swampy areas. Here is this kind of stuff. It's, you know, don't just environmentally to, to be do that. Fair, to, take to... me there as a full yeah. kind of package. And with, with a driving yes. game, you can't do that in terms of the cars you're driving because that's kind of worldwide. You will always have cars from lots of different countries. Mm-hmm. There's tons of ways that they could have immersed me a little bit more in it. And I think that's why I'm happy to just play it in these little snapshots. I'm not immersed in the experience. I'm, I haven't been kind of pulled in. Yeah. Yes, it looks, well, I say it looks nice. I've been playing it. I've been streaming it on my browser and my connection right. is making it look like absolute shit. Um, yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> um to, to be to be fair, um they have by the looks of it like recreated like Mexican landmarks yeah. and you know, monuments and stuff like that. But they got I think there's something as you open the game where it's like, yeah, we got permission from the Mexican tourists. Yes. Tourism yep. board or something like that. And it's like, so they have tried to faithfully recreate some, you know, Mexican, you know, heritage and stuff like that in it. But yeah, they're, they're having no, you know, music. I don't know if it's a licensing thing, but it shouldn't be because you can always, you know, I mean, the li- this game will be pulled from the store from having licenses from the cars, so they can Absolutely. definitely get from the music. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that sucks. Uh, but there is, I hope there's the same classic FM oh, radio. There, I think there is a classic <laughs> FM radio, yes. Good, because there's nothing better than <laughs> racing against the oh, train been... and having, like, Beethoven. <laughs> I've just been racing the to, like, the, the, the DMB um, radio station. Yeah, mostly. I, I've also <laughs> been pretty electronic <laughs> focused, but yeah. Classic I mean... FM is the way to go. It, it I agree. I, I found better. it at the end of the last session, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I think that's kind of like uh, what I like about it. Like, I've unlocked a bunch of the campaign tickets. Like, you start in an area, and then it's like, you like street racing, or so you like like circuit racing. Okay, well now you have to go over here and drive a long way to unlock events that way. But because I'm a bit of a completionist, I'm like, I just want to do well at the races that I've unlocked. By the time I got to the second area, I had already asked me to unlock a yep. new area. Yep. And But, like, each of the areas has three levels of depth to them, basically. I chose to unlock everything just because it's like, I don't know. I don't think I like dirt racing, but also... That one rally race you kind of forced me to do was fun. Is that what you mean by dirt racing? Or do you mean using the Chevy Bronco that you gave me? Because I don't ever want to drive one of those. <laughs> like, uh, I, it's got enough going on that you can kind of just putz about and not feel like you're wasting your time yeah. if you make the wrong mm. choice, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, in these games, you can just jump into a race immediately, like whether you just like driving from one end of the map to another there's so many little things to do in between and races or just you know hitting things in the environment yeah. and getting yeah there's also like cooperative arcade shit that i've tried once or twice but there weren't people around so it never mm-hmm. worked but i i mean yeah. I think I will easily keep picking this up off and on just because it scratches oh. an itch I haven't had mm, in a long time. Uh, and, great and it's games fun. to play now and then, yeah. Like, I, I'm glad there's been like this grand swell of like people actually like reviewing the game well, obviously mm. because it's good, but just you know, finally noticing these games because they're they're so good, they're fantastic, like. Like even if you're a lapsed fan, you know, in terms of driving games, these are the perfect game. It's just, it's just entertainment, just non-stop entertainment. They're pretty as hell. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad Playground. I mean, Playground have got a win every single time, but it, it seems like people are, you know, noticing. Absolutely, and I, I can see like, probably by virtue of it just being them, on Game Pass and that yeah, work and yeah, being more available to with people. with Playground. They're UK based, aren't they? So I can see why yeah. they've made some design choices in terms of, uh, you know, the, the radio stations on the and, left. And, and those sorts of things. <laughs> but it's, it's an odd one as well that I, I'd imagine that Microsoft have done enough research in that, you know, they've not just gone, hey, here's Forza Horizon 5. Oh, you've had a week with it. You've had enough of that. Now here's some Halo Infinite multiplayer. And just, just dropped that like what, yesterday or the day before whenever that kind of released that they know Monday. enough you know market share wise that they're like right yes both are on game both are on game pass we have this many people we have sold this amount of forza games in the past that we know that the install base is this but we think it's different enough from the halo people it, it's kind of that like yeah i think it's a and i would hope so i would absolutely hope so that in a week's time we don't see like when they're like, yeah, nine million people have been playing Forza Horizon Five. That in another week's time, they're like, yeah, nine million people are playing a Halo Infinite multiplayer, and twelve people are playing Forza Horizon Five now. You know, it won't be that extreme, but I, I, I really hope that they have 
done enough research to be like, yeah, we can consistently be like, yep, yeah, 5 million of these people will still be smashing out Forza Horizon 5. And Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's always live updates in Forza. Like, yeah. you have the weather changes, the Different season seasons. changes, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you have, like, these, these um, yeah, these live events mm. where it's like, oh, you know, several people need to compete in this and do enough miles in this or whatever, and, and it's, it's like... There's always content there, basically. There's the, it's it's not one of those where you're like waiting on, I don't know, an extra back for blood level or yes. something like that. It's like there's always things, um, you know, keep, keeping people ticking over in those games. And I'm interested to see what the DLCs will be because that Lego DLC for mm. four was was oh, really good. That, it was yeah. tremendous. Yeah, I mean, just playing everything is awesome on a loop. Like a Meh. mad woman, <laughs> just playing that game uh, for hours on end. Yeah, real good fun. So, so yeah, there's. I, I don't think there's like as big a drop off on these kinds of games as there is in like say, an Aliens Fire Team, which probably like two yeah, people are yeah. playing right now. So, yeah, um, which is good. Um, I'd I'd like to try and play co-op with either mm. or both of you, just because. It's it's like a weird conundrum because it's like a, such a pick up and play game <laughs> that you can forget that you can do things. But like, I don't know. The multiplayer kind of interests me because there are like once you like in that first area, there's like four races and you get a star or whatever for finishing and then you get another star for beating it like finishing first and then every race has basically a oh there's an extra star if you like post a rival's time and the rival's time is the like asynchronous competitive with your friends thing where it's like i'm in a class i'm posting a time do you want to beat me ben you need to beat that time with and I might be in your race, question, question, drive guitar, question. But, like, the, the general idea of, like, oh, yeah, you posted this one-minute lap time. How the fuck did you manage that in A-class? Like, that's a thing that I would be more interested in. Yes. I, it might actually get me interested in tuning and stuff um, <laughs> more than the generic I'm playing the race faster. Yeah, if you, if you had mark. a ghost of your playthrough... As previous games have kind of done, you know, you, you, you know, a lot of that in kind of like Gran Turismo where you have played it, you've played a lap and it will then put your ghost kind of on the map that you can race against sort of thing to see how well you're doing versus previous playthroughs of this. If it suddenly said Lucy has, this is, this is a replay of Lucy playing this race or Adol playing this race. You will now race against that. This is the best time they've done it in. Mm. You're now going to be playing against their ghost car, driving around and doing that. Now do that. Absolutely. That would keep me in this a lot longer because it would give me a a, a kind of a, a competition in terms of us not having to be on at exactly the same time and finding that time to be like, Oh, I've, I've got 20 minutes now. Let's, let's kind of play. It would be much more like, Oh, I see. I see how well they've done this. Amazing. Let me see if I you can beat play... it. <laughs> you lot yeah. want a lot of different things yeah, out of this game I'm... than I do. I just want to 
do press ups underneath a waterfall <laughs> at a landmark. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's how I play water. Get a stupid horn and just... <laughs> beep it constantly. <laughs> yeah, and like all these nice historic, uh, thousand years of years old uh, ruins. That's I just want to floss on, <laughs> on like a, a, a ancient Incan oh, nice. ruin or something like that. That's all I want to do in these games. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We want yeah, different things. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I guess. But yeah, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to to starting. It's it's the only thing downloaded on that Xbox other than Hitman Three, <laughs> which I left uh, downloading overnight. So yeah. Nice. Good. Good. Can't but wait yeah, to see so, how pretty it is. So just to wrap up, I'm super curious what your thoughts are, Lucy, uh, as a veteran. Mm. Um, but I kind of just no, want to I'm play no more of the of the franchise more than the rest of us i think but anyway but also i um i i I super want to know what it's like to play with other people despite the fact the reason why i like this recent game is i don't need (laughs) to play with other people but like i do think there's an interesting thing where the drivatars seem to literally give up the ghost when the ghost is kind of what ben was saying is Mm. intriguing like we'll see how that shakes out but also, if the co-op modes do more, I'm happy to lose the ghost if it means something. And I, I, I haven't been able to explore those things because, well, you know, yeah, people could all need hop to be in. free at the same time. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get some time here. Join us. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Good. Uh, let's finish there this week then, and we'll return uh, to our beers. Uh, Lucy, you kicked off the episode with the Wiper and True. Mm. Uh, have you got any further thoughts? On it? Uh, no, it lasted, as I said, it lasted quite a long time because it was just one, a good beer to sup on, like, over time. Um, very citrusy, very orangey, um, nice bit of bitterness. Just, just, it, it, there's not much to say about it other than it's just a really good mm. pale ale. I mean, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you've had a pale ale at this point. You know, probably know what to expect. This is just a very good one. Um, yeah, I wish it was a bit had a bit more body, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is just a nitpick. Otherwise, it's just a very, very good, confident um, beer. It's, it, it, the flavors are probably uh, more bold and less, you know, subtle than you expect from um, Wider yeah. and True, but that's no bad thing. It's very good. Probably the hops doing a lot of work in there. It is double dry hops, and that's probably why getting the uh, flavour on there, and as well as the very pungent aroma. Um, so yeah, it's very, very Brilliant. good. I like cashmere, I like mosaic, I like wiper and shoe, I like perfect. this beer. Perfect, a perfect beer for the evening then. Good. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam, nice. uh, how about you? Uh, the uh, Nepo... Mucin, Mucin, versus the peninsula. Nepotism. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Serpicera Peninsula. Uh, I have to, I mean, it's probably not a shock that I'm giving it to the first one. Um, the stout was boozy. I can feel it. I finished it. it 33 centiliters, but 9.5%. And nary a dinner to be had i'm feeling it um but i 
like I said at the at the start, nothing really changed. I was just kind of disappointed that those chocolate notes were kind of pushed away by mm-hmm. the coconut mar- like marshmallow. They, I didn't the marshmallow. The only way I felt it was because it was airy and everything else was kind of light. Um, but at a nine point five percent imperial stout, I want it was thick enough texture wise, but the tastes were just kind kind of thin. Like it just was like. Everything felt like uh, I think Lucy described my description as an uh, as a sprinkling on after the fact or something along those lines, and that's kind of how it felt. It was just like, oh right, yeah, chocolate, sure, uh, coconut, sure. And uh, I just I, I want I wanted something a little more deep. I don't need nine point five percent for the sake of it. I want it because it brings boisterous flavor with it, and I just didn't have that. While the um, the rich yuzu hazy imperial nipa galaxy plus motueka um <laughs> i'm sure some of that isn't the name and it's just the label but the it did kind of everything i the opposite way like this was juicy enough um it got that like yuzu juice was there to give it a citrus sweetness but it didn't drag it out the like the flavors didn't overstay their welcome I still had that bitterness that I couldn't quite identify, but it made sure that and that and it was separate, so it, it really didn't feel like a citrus bitterness. So it felt like this is an IPA with a layer of bitterness and some really interest citrus interesting citrus notes via the yuzu juice, and it it didn't feel like it was fighting with those those notes didn't fight with each other, but they were separate, which is actually kind of mm. hard to do. You know, they weren't melded, nor were they fighting. Uh, and it was just a joy to drink, and I kind of just drank it real quick. Um, so Brilliant. it's that one. Nice, good. Uh, for me, uh, both beers were really good. I really enjoyed them. Um, the whip beer, the hacked whip beer, was was great, uh, nice, and kind of cozy as well. You know, a bit more sort of an autumnal sort of flavour to it, with that little bit of heat and that that kind of herbal note to it. The Neon Raptor, the double IPA, stay out, um, super soft, as I said, has a little bit of everything, really, from that, that double IPA kind of range that people are experimenting with and changing up and have been uh, kind of iterating on. Um, and I don't really know which one I would pick out of the two because they're both different beers. Um, I would absolutely drink mm. both again. Um, I I think maybe I'd go with the the the, the hack just because it's a beer that I think I can drink. I I smash that bottle back and I think I could absolutely have another one, and then I can have another one, and I can have another yeah. one. This stay out. I'm very satisfied with what I've had in one can and been like, yep, don't need any more. So I'm kind of like I, I like one beer because I can drink it more, and would continue to drink more. I like one beer because it satisfied me in one can, and I don't need to drink kind of any more just cheat cheat do it do both of them do a Lucy both in the same (laughs) can both at the same time yeah a little swig of one little swig of the other one Um, don't don't drink beers like that absolutely not Um, yeah I don't know I don't know both of them are really good cheat I drink them both again Um, fuck it I'm doing a Lucy drink both beers they're both really good yay uh, nice, excellent. Yeah. Love to hear it. So, they have been the beers that we have drank this evening, the games that we've been playing over the last week. 
if you'd like to let us know what you've been drinking or what you've been playing, you can do so in lots of different ways. We are at Tanked Up Cast over on the socials. You can go to outoflives.net to listen and to listen to the podcast, to see our faces, to see the beers that we have drank as well. And you can get a lot of other stuff over outoflives.net. We put up reviews. Adel's been dropping a lot of his first looks uh, videos uh, in the last couple of weeks as well, going back back in time over the last couple of months and through through the, the summer um, for uh, the various games that he has played too. There's lots of other stuff out of lives.net as well from our regular uh, contributors like Kyle and Lee and other and, and Adam as well, who's I think dropping another Crusader Kings three article very very soon. Mm, excellent, um, so you can keep up to date with him on that as well. He's a dirt. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> You've already read it. Don't spoil it. Um, you can get all of us at Out of Lives uh, Net on the socials. Uh, all go to Out of Lives Network here on Twitch or on the YouTube again to see our faces, to look at the beers that we have been drinking, or to tune into Adam's first looks, or to watch us live on the podcast. I am at Nova underscore 47. Lucy is... Uh, juicy Lucy 9. <laughs> Adel is... Sorry, I was thinking of that. Add the Mate, it's fine to think about inscription. We'll talk about it a little bit more. It's like like it, it might be just talk about it every single week. Just, hey, this game's called Play Inscription. Hey, this no, game's called Play Inscription. No. Um... I don't want to say anymore. We won't speak about it till the end of the year. That's fair. That's fair. That the only fair. thing I'll speak about is just bullying you, Ben, to go play yeah. it. So. Yeah, come on. Fucking oh, do it already, God. buddy. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Says the guy who started it yes, literally. Exactly. Today. Today. Uh, no, literally today. Oh, literally yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, as in I got, I got home from the train station and turned it on and played a couple hours before the podcast started. Well, you're further That's than true. Ben, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, yes, so they were our individual tags if you want to chat to us each on the socials or play some games with us and, and hook us up and play with us on Forza Horizon 5 if you're also playing that game and want other driver tars to maybe or maybe not just be bots <laughs> in your game. That's... We can destroy the Mexican exactly, well, can you? You can destroy lots of cactuses and lots of trees. You can't actually drive up well, any of the ruins. I've tried a lot. In four, you can like, you just have. run through all the brick walls. You can you can take down some thing. some rough stone walling and some fencing and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. good. But you can't go up the ruins. Yeah, unfortunately. I can floss on them, though. <laughs> nice. So, that is us this week. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Do all of those lovely internet things to help us reach a wider and larger base and join in the conversation over on our Discord as well. And you can get in touch with any of us to send you a link to that. For this week, we've been tacked up. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Uh, desecrated, desiccated coconut. <laughs> desecrated coconut. <laughs> That's my. I'm going to change. Yeah, you have been playing too much inscription. Amazing. Bye. www.outoflives.net. <laughs> 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 <laughs>